Hey, She Slays listeners. Before we get into the episode, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, the Focus Academy. So you know chiropractic can help kids, but you lack confidence in your knowledge or communication skills to educate parents in your community. I've got a solution for you. The Focus Academy gives you the training and education to understand the why behind those wins and challenges you're seeing in clinic. They teach you how to perform a full brain-based exam, how to go beyond just the subluxation, but stay principled in your chiropractic approach and address and understand the consequences on brain development. They take a two-pronged approach. First, clinical solutions taught in a way that gives you full access to a deeper and more comprehensive understanding and breaks those techniques and approaches down into digestible and practical steps. Second, right now strategies you can employ wherever you are in your training. You'll learn how to seamlessly ask and answer the big questions in your clinical exams and re-exams and have it actually inform the whole child approach and care planning in a way your patients will understand. And since you're a She Slays listener, you'll get free access to the Focus Academy's Kickstart program. Just click the link in the show notes to get started on your journey to improving your practice. Hey, She Slayers, and welcome to another episode of She Slays the Day podcast. I am your host, Dr. Lauren Brunswick. Every time I sit down to record these intros, specifically intros, because, you know, they're supposed to only take 10 minutes, but somehow I end up dragging them out longer because I'm long winded. Um, I keep forgetting that I have to show up on YouTube too. And so I just sit down looking like a bag of rocks and like open up the uh, the Zoom thing. And I was like, oh gosh, well, and then especially today, I don't know um, what my dot, apparently my computer that I record podcasts on has also become a gaming computer for my children. And for some reason, my background is not my normal she slays background it's like I mean it's beautiful but it's um like the northern lights and I don't know how to change that because my kids did it and this is apparently we've just been rebranded uh no longer will it be the cute background with a she slays the day neon sign it's gonna be (laughs) the northern lights I don't know I don't know what to tell you um okay I don't have any funny stories for you today but I, oh, I did learn something about chiropractors in the last week and a half. I learned that for a lot of us, when we are ready to hire an associate, we go through a phase called the, if I'm in alignment with energy and I just like manifest it hard enough the right person is just going to come across me and say, are you hiring? And you may laugh, ha ha, ha ha, not funny. But (laughs) I put out a poll, like how many people are searching and talked with a lot of them. And they're like, well, I've been kind of casually searching for like six months. And I'm like, oh, where have you posted? And they're like, well, like, kind of with the schools, like kind of (laughs) like, oh, okay. So I think that really what it comes down to is we've got people who are like, I think I want an associate, but they're, they're scared is probably what it comes down to. And then you've got people who are like, oh, I needed to hire an associate six months ago. And then they go full hog. I'm just going to put something out there though. For those of you, because I've, the reason I can laugh at it is because I do it every time that, um, I am 
ready to hire an associate or I need to hire one, I kind of like casually throw on the podcast, like, oh, I'm hiring and thinking like, now I have a much bigger tool than you probably do. No, I don't know you. Maybe you, maybe you own Google, but I'm just saying like casually saying it on the podcast is more than just manifesting it, but like, I'm just not really serious about it. Cause I'm like, well, maybe the right person will be listening that day. And, um, they're just gonna, I don't know. I think we're just still living in the days where there were less jobs than there were associates. Um, we don't live there anymore. So for those of you who are sitting there going like, yeah, okay, an associate would be nice. I want you to ask yourself a couple questions. So like, are you actually serious about uh, an associate right now? Because I think that even if you're sitting with the energy that like, I want to manifest, like I, I want to attract that person in, I, are you actually putting out, I'm serious about an associate if that's all you're doing? Does that make sense? Like, are you, if that's the only thing you're doing now, maybe if you're like meditating on this for an hour and you've got a vision board, then maybe you, but like most people are just like, yeah, no, I I'm hiring. Like the right person comes along. I'm hiring. And I have a feeling that in that time period, you are probably not growing and you've probably reached a point of just kind of stagnation in your clinic. And that's okay. So here's the thing is I want you to ask yourself if you're just happy where you're at. That's okay. Are you happy with the profitability that you're at? Are you happy with the lack of responsibility of like onboarding an associate? You don't, that's okay. Like you, the next step doesn't have to be keep growing and bring on an associate. So what I would prefer is for, you know, you could be like, okay, if the perfect person comes, sure. But like, actually, I'm very happy with where we're at. Um, there's a difference between I'm always open to God bringing me someone and I'm looking for an associate. Is this making sense? I hope this is making sense. Because if you're hiring, you're hiring. Okay. If you are happy with your current clinic numbers and the amount of energy that you're putting into your clinic, and really the only thing that counts you as hiring is like God sending you an email and being like, okay, so I found someone for you. They're perfect. Don't worry. I've already vetted them. If you're like, well, if that happened, sure, I would bring someone on. Um, so yeah, just just things to think about. Like, just ask yourself, like, are you actually hiring? Are you not? If you actually want someone, what are you doing about it? Like, what are you doing besides just like randomly talking to people at conferences? Like, get out there. Um, I, I don't want to say anything. Oh, I should. I'm not even going to say anything more. I was going to. There's a couple companies I'm finding more out on ways because people are messaging me, like sending me DMs about um, where they're posting their jobs. Because when I say like, awesome, you're hiring, where, what have you done so far? Um, so a lot of state associations. And so this is pot calling kettle here. I have been air quotes hiring since August. Okay. It is currently the end of October as I am, you know, speaking, speaking to you. Uh, and I just posted with my state association this week. 
And that was because I had enough, a bunch of people saying like, where should I post? Where should I post? And of course I'm going to tell them we'll post with me because now we're doing cool things, but I'm like, oh, well, okay, let's think about this. If I was giving someone advice, I, this is where I would tell them. And I said the state associations, because why? Because geography is one of the number one things that people are looking for. Most people are looking for on a job. So the best thing you can do is like, if they're like, well, I would like to move back to Wisconsin where my family is, where are they going to look? They're going to look on Wisconsin chiropractic Facebook groups, and they're going to look on Wisconsin uh, association classifieds. Like that's just kind of it. This is the number one and they're cheap. Okay. They're like 30 bucks a month. Mine was anyways. Um, I even paid to boost it because I'm bougie like that. And I should have uh, paid three months ago to be on it. But anyways, so that's the number one place. But if you've already been doing that and you're not getting any luck, I do want to remind you, da, 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 just in case you didn't listen to last week's episode, because this one's a good episode. I haven't even talked about my guest, um, that we are now doing associate ads again. So we took a break. Um, I kind of needed to go back to the drawing board and rethink how I could maximize the effects of them. We, you know, on average, somebody would get about one, maybe two applicants for when they were previously posting with us and their ads would get seen organically um, through my stories by about 1,500 to 2,000 people, uh, which is good. Cool. Yay. Especially since those people, like my audience is pretty much exclusively chiropractors except for my mom. And so like, all right, you're getting a lot of chiropractic views. So, but I wanted to do more. So now we've um, just switched things around added where we're going to be sharing. So we're going to be sharing on feed, which makes it easier. It like lasts longer. It's easier to share it to people. Um, we're also doing paid traffic. So before everything was organic, now we're going to be doing paid traffic with targeting schools, Cairo students, new grads, um, both males and females, just in case you were wondering, and just trying to get that total views closer to like 6,000 on your ads. So those are up and going. They do cost 400. I'm just going to be transparent. It costs 400 to post with me. Um, I've talked to another company that charges 9,000 um, and you have, there's a minimum salary that you have to be paying, which is like 80 or 85. Um, and I've talked to another company, they charge 2000 a month. Um, I've talked to another company that charges 600 a month and they get around 6,000 views. And so like, basically I'm like, okay, cool. I'm going to go for hopefully less than what the going rate is. Um, that's all I have. Today's guest, what's very cool about him. Oh my gosh. I mean, just a dynamic speaker. He, just in case you're like, wow, where did this do? He is a like a professional speaker. He speaks on stages and, um, and he's so eloquent. Uh, I think one of the coolest things about him is that he's an associate. Now, why I think that's cool. So he is, Brett, Brett Jones doesn't own him. I hate when we phrase, but like he works for Brett Jones at a clinic in Tucson, but I don't, I didn't ask like any of the details, but like, you can tell that whatever they did to set up that associate relationship, he, he doesn't like, 
he doesn't carry this like, oh, I work for someone else. I'm just an associate. Like he carries the full power of being a chiropractor. And one of the things that I think we have such an issue with in our profession is that the schools keep, you know, we just have this attitude that you, you don't reach your full power as a chiropractor when you're just an associate. And I think that he is the embodiment of that's a lie. That is a lie. And I think it's something I've wanted to really call out for a long time within our profession that like the only thing, well, okay, no, you do need to have a great boss um, and a situation where you have that freedom to fully step into your power. Um, you know, one of the things that, you know, simple, simple things that I've been doing with um, my docs this year is just saying like, well, what would you do if you're, if it was your clinic, like down to the smallest things of like, what would you do? What would you do? Okay. You know, and some of the answers I may not love. So like, let's say we're talking about closing for, um, 4th of July. It was on a really weird day to being like, okay, well, they want 4th of July off. They want time with their family. And I'm like, well, what would you do? And, you know, if the doc is like, well, I would take a long weekend because my family is this far and da, 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 and I don't have many long weekends like this. I'd be like, okay, let's do that then, you know, or like, so it's just having that conversation with them of like, I'm not going to make all these decisions here. Now, some of the hard decisions, they're like, I don't want anything to do with that. That is your problem. That is why you are the owner. But like, where would you go speak? Where would, what would you do? If this was your clinic and you wanted to make more money, what would you do? Would you do a screening? Would you go to a rotary? Would you do paid Facebook ads? Like, and just getting in that mindset. But back to Jamal, like, I don't know what, what him and Brett worked out because he just had, he embodies the full essence. There is no like, oh, I'm just this, like he is more chiropractic, more chiropractor than a lot of us. So he's a doctor, life coach, and speaker who helps healthcare professionals heal their minds and bodies while strengthening the soul. As the hype man for humanity, he is on a life mission of providing for the exhausted provider, shifting healthcare from the inside out, making it more sustainable for those working in it, and powerfully shifting the cultural perspective on chiropractic. As a chiropractor, life coach, and consultant, the essence of his work goes beyond the pain and into the root cause of the suffering, physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. Oh my gosh. Like, you know you're in for a good conversation when that is the bio. Um, if you become obsessed with him, not like in a weird, creepy way, guys, I'm happily married. Um, not stalkery either. Uh, he does have a podcast, um, Soul Coffee, that you can go check out so you can get more of him, um, but just a delightful human. So let's take a breath, align our heart, our mind, our breath, ground yourself with whatever aspect of you is touching the earth right now. Wiggle your toes, relax your jaw. Imagine just a big white light opening up from your heart. Allow that energy of the universe to just flow down through you. Be conscious of any, any shame or guilt that you're holding onto with your story of chiropractic, even anything that I may have just said, talking about associates or clinic owners that may have been triggering. Hold on to those things. 
um, examine them deeper. People like Jamal and myself, our goal is to just bring more happiness into this profession. So much of the healing that we do, it has to start with heal the healer. And like, how are you? How is your heart state today? Where is your mental capacity at? Where are you on the scale of burnout? And what can you do about this? Nobody is coming to save you. And you have patients coming to you all the time to save them. And so I just ask when you're listening to conversations like this and just keep feeding your soul, keep learning, keep loving yourself so you can be the best provider that you can be. And if you don't like what you're doing, change it. You have the power. If you're an associate and you don't like, you know, you get inspired by listening to Jamal and the freedom that he has and the power that he has, change it. Apply somewhere else. You're the clinic owner and you don't like going to your office. If you're burnt out, change it. You have the power. This is your life right now that you are living. And stop wasting any more time on feeling stuck and stagnant in a life that you've built. I love you. And if you need help with making these changes, people like Jamal and I are always here. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Dr. Jamal Frewster. Enjoy. I'm ignorant here because I haven't listened to Soul Coffee. It, is it like on, is it on like all podcasts? Like where yeah, it's on podcast app and it's on Spotify. Okay. And How long have you been doing it? I, it was a COVID baby. So <gasps> it started May 2020. That was my first episode that I dropped. I just had the same Blue, Blue Yeti microphone. Uh, had a dream and I just my homegirl was having Jess uh, she had this I was talking about I was like I want to make a podcast I want to make a podcast and then she was had this coffee in her hand and then she sipped it and she was just like mm. and I was like that I was like I want that I want conversations like that because that's what conversations they do for me they just spark me up they charge me up and it started off just like conversations that matter conversations of the soul to caffeinate them and then what's just developed into is now being a resource being in practice um, and then also just being able to provide for providers be they healthcare professionals mainly but parents other chiropractors of course um, just people that are out here just holding space for others and not getting the needs met and just showing up depleted showing up fatigued tired exhausted and then it's been awesome just to bring in different experts of neuroscience of, you know, I want to bring on Dr. Caroline Leaf eventually, Dr. Joe Dispenza eventually, you know, yourself eventually. So that way you're shooting for Dispenza. You. I'm shooting for him. Fuck. Yeah, you are. Like I want Bruce Lipton on my show as well, too. I want Sean Stevenson. So those are like probably like my top four, top five dream guests. But Sean Stevenson, I'm like, yo, like let me dial in a few more things. But I'm like, like, oh, what was there, man? What was there? See, I think this is how I know I'm terrible at like dreaming big because as soon as I'm like, if you were like, well, who do you want on yours? I'd be like, well, okay, let's think practically here now. I'm never going to get Jenna Kutcher. I'm never going <laughs> to. I don't know. Let's think realistically. Oh my gosh. I shoot myself in the foot. <laughs> oh God. Okay, but okay, so how do many you episodes have you done? um 220 something 
Dude, that's fucking nuts. That's it gets nuts. a lot. It's, it's, it gets it's a, a lot. lot. It does. Yeah. And this is the thing that like, I feel so, okay. So you already know this from the last five minutes that I might be, I, um, I'm a pragmatist. I am absolutely not, um, negative. I wouldn't say I'm an optimist. I am just very pragmatic. And yeah. so when people come at me and they're like, oh, I'm so excited to talk to you. I'm going to start a podcast and you're my inspiration. And I'm just like, girl, okay, are you sure this is what you want to do? Because it just keeps going. Um, yeah. You know, and people are like, well, you could take a break. I'm like, you can't take a break. You can't take a break. You can't take seasons. That's weak. It's weak. I get it. That's weak. But just like every week. Every week you need more content content, you know, and there's been just a couple of times where my husband will ask on Monday, like, what's this week's episode? And I'm like, oh, do we have anything recorded? Like, let me look and see. Otherwise I will be made. Are yours always guests? No. So I've been doing more solo episodes, which quells any fucking anxiety because like, because I'd be like, it's it's like that too. Sometimes it's like, oh, it's Sunday. I need to drop that. And that's Mm -hmm. why I worked with the VA. The last few months, she's really helped me build some good systems. So that way, like, I feel like I'm sitting, like, I've done so much shit the last several years. And there's so much I want to share. Mm-hmm. It's not about, like, for me, it's not about, like, I've done a lot of shit. It's like, I want to share the juice from that with people. And it's like, I just, my thing is, like, editing. Uh, editing is the main thing. Just if I could have space to just, like, edit for a fucking week, I'd be good for, like, a whole year like of things to share lessons learned stories lists steps like all the things too but it's all good it's just a it's a it's mastery right but it feels good to have like last year has been the most i'd say consistent have i've had the most consistency so i think when i started working with lou back in july that's my roommate oh i think we're at like 35 episodes give or take and now we're at I think 73 total which feels awesome like most consistent even though it's been around for three years you know uh, this last year has been the most consistent so that's mm-hmm. where it's like for me it's been nice to drop in like eight to ten minute episodes like or like a meditation mini or oh, yeah. something just it's just short sweet it's potent because a lot of providers are like hey I don't have time exactly I know I've had people be like oh I you know I love the shorter ones, but for me, a shorter episode will be 30. No, I don't know if I've ever done one less than 40 minutes. Like I'm just long winded. Like I am that person that's like to tell a story. I'm like, okay, here's, we're got a preframe. You need to know. So about a year ago, <laughs> all the details are super important. No, yeah. the, the solos are nice because sometimes uh, like I, I don't do them as much anymore as I used to, but like the most recent solo I did was talking about tracking numbers and uh, it was meant to be very like analytical brain of like, well, cause I think it was something like seven things I look at when numbers at the clinic are down. Right. So I had like my outline and it was like, this is what I'm looking at. I'm looking at the, our, our Facebook ads. How are they performing? I'm looking, you know, da, 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 da. Well, I ended up like crying at the end, not like sobbing, but like getting really teared up. And just because this, like, there was this space, there's no one there. It's just this microphone. And, you know, Mm. it was ended, uh, I ended up talking towards the end about like, just kind of 
how much stress chiropractors put on themselves with numbers. And one of the worst times where I was really stressed about numbers was postpartum. I had to come mm. back to work after six weeks because our, oh gosh, our maternity leave doc was, it, you know, our numbers dropped by like 60%. So I'm back to work. I'm worried about weight because, you know, got to bounce back. I'm worried about milk production because, you know, you're now, I'm like exclusively pumping or not exclusively, but like pumping. And I'm worried about the clinic numbers. And so like, there was this, this time period in my life where I was just so like stepping on the scale, measuring how much milk they're coming out of my tits and like really stressing about how many people are on the schedule this week. Yeah. And like me now, that was 10 and a half years ago. I look back and I go, Whoa, girl, you had a baby. Like yeah. that's what you were worried about. And like, you had like created a miracle. And so mm. like chiropractors, we just get so, so into the building a business side of things. It's a fucking weird profession. Like it's a weird profession. It's a beautiful fucking profession. Don't get me wrong. I love, I love what we get to do. Mm. And I love quick side note. I get to flow. I got about uh like 50 minutes to an hour oh like, we're already so, going we're recording sweet um so this is it you welcome just making to the sure. podcast. i was like oh, i was like i'm, I'm hella excited but no it's welcome like, to the podcast right jamal sweet <laughs> uh it's it's weird like it's it's so important to i think students they don't understand i think even if you're a Cairo baby like I don't, I don't think that you, you understand the profession. Like whenever I connect to have the honor to connect to different schools, let them know like, yo, you're entering a profession where the vast majority of people are scared of you or they don't understand what you do or both, or they're, they love it. Absolutely. And that's ideal, but it's so important for people to just understand what we're entering and how you need to really craft your life for yourself and be able to think about what is the life that you actually want to live otherwise you will find yourself in a stressed state for an extended amount of time and for that for me is out of integrity because we're supposed to be able to understand the neurology and understand the body and understand you know how to actually maximize being in a parasympathetic space when so many chiropractors are in a sympathetic overdrive from school that they never heal from. And then that perpetuates in the practice because they never expanded the bandwidth to understand the philosophy, to understand the bigness, to understand the history that we come from, to understand like the power that can, that can move through a body that made the body, that heals the body. All the sexy things we hear from DE or from, you know, the OGs. So many people kind of scoff that off. And I think one thing, like I was loving the questions beforehand, I think one thing that people don't understand about chiropractic is chiropractic. They don't understand the fucking like power that can come from a body that's able to just regulate itself better, period. You can, and the importance of that is being able to adjust their bodies, of course, but be able to adjust their minds. That's the big thing that we get to do, but you can't help someone adjust their mind and their energy if you don't understand your energy and what states you've been in or understand yourself, which is why it's like this beautiful complex mesh of understanding self and how in you understand self and the individual self more well now you can ah, now I can actually be of service to another individual mm -hmm. so you know I think that Hyros, you know we're so like sympathetics parasympathetics like 
Okay. Well, some of us are not all of us mm. <laughs> um, that we're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. I'm in a sympathetic state. Like, and, and it's like, okay, hold on. So I talked to a group of Kairos a year ago and I actually took burnout. And are you familiar with Maslow's hierarchy of needs? Mm. Oh yeah, I love it. Okay, so I don't have it in front of me and I have the memory of a goldfish, so I'm going to butcher it. But basically, (laughs) (laughs) so like there's these, like it's this pyramid for people who don't know what it is, where like at its foundation, unless you have your like in survival needs met, you know, you, you, that's all you can care about is like food, water, then becomes like more, shelter then becomes like community and relationship support and then comes something else and then comes like true enlightenment and fulfillment that's like the teeny little peak at the top of the pyramid and i think that so many chiropractors are called to chiropractic whether they're chiro babies or they stumble into this and they're like oh i didn't even realize that that's my story like i had no idea how cool this was until i'd been practicing 3 or 4 years that's nuts i know well i went to northwestern um oh northwestern. that's right i love them so much <laughs> but like um i beg on them so much i'm going to get a cease and desist one day i'm like i'm sorry uh but so it took me a minute to like yeah. really figure out like whoa this is cool nice. and So, but like what happens is, is like you come from this, like, I'm going to find enlightenment because I was called to this profession. And you see all these other people who are like super just above, down, inside out, like they're just radiating this love for the profession. But you come out of school and you are in that security stage of the hierarchy of needs. Like Uh you are like, I have loans that I need to start paying off. I need to get a job. I need to get a job. And then I need to start getting patients into that. And so many Kairos, I think, never get out of that security level, or maybe like they get to that next level where they're like, I can pay my bills and I can buy the car that I think is going to impress people. And I go to chamber of commerce business after five, and I'm getting citizen of the year for my community. And like, that's great. That's the next level up. But like, because running a business just kind of keeps just dragging you back down to the like, fix this problem, fix this problem. I feel so many Kairos burn out from running a business. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think Dr. Suki Mooker, who's one of my mentors, he graduated where Suki graduated. He went, I think he went to CMCC, um, but he's legend in the field, stud, he said two out of every three chiropractors will be out of business within five years of school. Five? Is that like Five a years. recent? Is that like a recent? This was back in 27, 2018. I uh, can't I first imagine it's changed too much since then. I, I don't think it has. Um, and I think it's partially due to burnout. That's a whole conversation, which I'm happy to explore. Yeah. Um, burnout. Um, they also get injured. I think majority, I think, you know, with KTC or Kairos training culture, we pulled different stats and um, it was part of a journal and it was saying how, Fifty uh, percent of chiropractors within the first five years of practice will have a uh, career-shifting injury that's in the wrist, it's in the shoulder, it's in the low back. So when you examine injury, when you examine burnout due to because you know school teaches us how to or it gives us the permission and gets us the licensure 
but to thrive, to be, it, it takes a different kind of exposure. And I think a lot of students, they can't see above or in front of their nose or beyond, you know, whatever is right in front of them. So they don't take the time to thoroughly, I'll say thoroughly expose themselves to different models of practice, shadowing, finding mentors, going to seminars, finding fire podcasts like yours, because they're just like, I need to pass these tests. I need to pass these mm -hmm. tests. Then you are chasing this degree. You're chasing these A's. You're chasing a 4.0, thinking it's what's going to make you successful, but you haven't even defined success for yourself in school and out of school. So that way, when you're actually in practice, you're just always, like you just said and highlighted, you know, it keeps you in a stressed state because you don't ever, you didn't create the systems or you didn't play with the systems or you didn't have an image that you want to go for. You didn't think about what you want to actually experience. And, you know, working Dr. Joe Dispenza's work and working with, um, no, I think it's, um, I got a framework on eight domains of life. It's from Joel Brown, but he took Dr. Joe Dispenza's work and then the Wolf of Wall Street. Was it Jordan Belfort? I think his name. I know the Wolf of oh. Wall Street. I don't know the person's name. That's yeah. the guy. Yeah. <laughs> did how to like craft your vision for yourself but joe Dispenza talks about creating your vision for your life physically mentally emotionally spiritually financially professionally relationship wise fun and adventure fun and adventure and then i think it's like intellectually eight domains of life but focus on the energy focus on like i am da 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 and like talk about your life in these different facets of life as if you already have it and focus on the energy and then the doing will come from that but so many chiropractors, once more, they don't understand energy and they don't understand how it's a link from the intelligence to the matter and how the energy is what dictates the quality of matter, especially over time. So that's why, you know, I pledged Delta Sigma Chi. So I'm a brother, of course. And then I studied, I got more exposed to philosophy because I went to Life University. But just because we got exposed to philosophy doesn't mean that people accept it. And where I think a lot of people get lost in chiropractic is they like, oh, that's too spiritual or oh, they're psychotic or whatever the hell that they say. And then there's the reductionists that are like, we need to be evidence-based, blah, 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 blah. But what I think majority of people miss, and this is where Dr. Travis Corcoran, one of my brothers who's over in the Netherlands, um, owns 13 clinics there. And he founded a school out there as well, too. He talks about the vast majority of people are in the middle, like probably like 80% are somewhere like, you know, they might hover a little bit more towards others. The spiritual spiritualists, quote unquote, they need to be grounded and they can't talk like science. They can't talk the matter. And then the reductionists are like, we need to be evidence-based and anything spiritual. But it's like, if you don't understand how philosophy and science are actually integrated and they're together as philosophy is what creates the questions, science is what actually produces the how and shows and demonstrates the how, then you understand neither. And our profession, I think, is just once more, just in a, our, if you were to take a body, the body of a chiropractic, that's now 120 127, 128 years old, give or take. The body of chiropractic, I think, is just stressed. And I think chiropractic is a stressed teenager because don't really know the identity, still trying to find our voice. We got fucking so many people on TikTok just dismantling skeletons and popping potato chip bags that are like chiropractors be like. And I think that's because a lot of chiropractors have succumbed to or just they try to sell the they try to sell the pop, they try to sell the cavitation, they try to sell like you know on a soda can it's like bro like you selling just the pop but it's like you didn't even talk about the flavor 
Mm-hmm. You didn't even sell the experience. You ain't sell um, the delivery of it. Like you go to a restaurant, you don't just like look at something and then you're like, oh yeah, I'm just, I'm going to pick that for the name. But then it's like, but the enjoyment of the experience, the taste, the flavors, the presentation of things, like the ambiance, the environment. I was like, chiropractic could be like this beautiful five-star like restaurant experience, but there's a lot of fucking McDonald's chiropractors that are just complacent or content with just being a doctor crack or just trying to release things. But it's like, you think you're a chiropractor just because you got a joint to pop? It's like, you're missing the big idea. And that's from Brett from, because it's just, it's just, there's so much more. And I'm like, fuck. So you say that chiropractic is like a confused teenager. And I feel, um, sometimes I just get really disheartened or like, because I feel, yes, we are, but we've got like divorced parents who like have completely different uh, philosophies and life views. And so it's like, how does that teenager find its true self when you've got such a division Mm. within, you know, like I got a little sassy um, last a couple of days ago because I should not have such a hard time finding an associate. I am an hour and a half from school. Um, Yeah. But it's Northwestern. And so like I interview students, you know, and they're like, I'm like, you know, so are you into pediatrics and family practice? And they're like, more like rehab. And I'm like, I know what that word means. I know exactly what that word means. Okay. I'm not against it. You're just not. I know what that that means. I know what that means. Great question. Uh, I think continuing with that analogy there can be divorced parents. And if you were to look at generations, my boy, Dr. Ellie Orji, who I work with, he says, you know, flex chiropractic, like it's, it's like it's fourth generation of individuals. You had the pioneers that were in the 18, late 1800s, early 1900s, and they got the big idea because you, you used to only go to school for as long as you needed to, to grasp the, the big idea. That could only just be like a few fucking weeks. It wasn't, you have to go to three and a half years. You have to have all these, it wasn't, it wasn't that. And they were getting better healing results than we are as a unit now. What does that mean? I think it means that there's a gap. And reflecting on your question, it's like, you can appreciate there's two divorced parents, two life philosophies, learn from what you can from both. But what about grandma and grandpa? What about great grandma and grandpa? What about our history? What about our roots? So if we can go back to like the people, the, the pioneers that were holding shit down during the Spanish flu, when the United States was losing their minds and losing their shit, where medical doctors, they're like, you know, fuck it. Like, we don't get it. We don't know. And they would ship them to like uh, Spears Painless Systems Hospital, uh, I believe in Colorado, or these chiropractic hospitals, they would bring the sickest of the sick, wheel them in in a chair, experiencing polo, experiencing Spanish flu, experiencing whatever it is. And they would walk out that bitch. Like they would walk out healthier because why the original pioneers were connected to a vigor and energy and image a possibility a knowingness a certainty that they can help people help themselves get better and heal when there wasn't like all the gadgets and gizmos and things as well around here too at this time which is why I think you know things that you're doing doc are so important just so you can expose more students to things it's like, I'm, a, I'm out in Arizona. I wish it'd be nice. 
if there was a school out here, maybe we're going to need to be the ones to bring it to Arizona. That's a whole nother conversation. But I think it's so important because you expose people to more of what's possible. And then when we're able to show up in different seminars or different things, students are like, wow, I didn't know that was possible. But I also think that it takes this generation of chiropractors to go into the schools and be like, hey, like this is possible. It's not just rehab. Like, sure, that can be an expression of it. And, you know, I just want to clarify for anyone that may listen, like, you know, I can appreciate the diversity in chiropractic. Mm -hmm. And I think it's also important. You can be diverse in chiropractic. However, it's important for us to know our roots. Otherwise, you're not going to know who you are. And that's important from your lineage of being a chiropractor to understand, have respect for and understand things. And I think that's a microcosm of a lot of humans don't know their blood lineage or their family line. Me in particular, I met my great grandfather on my dad's side and you know, I was like, I think maybe like 10 or 11, but I didn't get the chance to like be around him much. I didn't meet the other chance to meet any of my great grandparents besides him. But if you go beyond that, like my great, great, great parents, like in understanding like my history line, like I know that I come from slavery on my dad's side, being from the deep South. And I know that I come from deep poverty on the Incan side or the Quechuan side and my Peruvian side in Peru. But there is a fracturing in the line and we don't know where we are versus the Maori, the Maori. They're in New Zealand. They know 13 to 14 generations, like by name, like, and they have the haka, they have rituals that ground them into themselves. I think there's been so much trauma to this teenager that is chiropractic that from the AMA, from society, from us almost being destroyed in the seventies and eighties with the Wilkes case and things too. And then after the Wilkes case happened, we were like, yay, we made it. We're our own distinct profession. Let's charge insurance. Like, like hell the Mercedes eighties happened. And then one of my brothers who's been in the game 40 years or so, Dr. Tom Nottingham, you know, he, he was in tears one day at, at the Delt house at my chapter. He's like, I'm sorry. He's like, we dropped the ball. He's like, we got, he's like, he, from his perspective, they got comfortable and they stopped like venturing out and doing the damn thing and serving. And then I think now we're, we're like a, we're a teenager with like a fractured like foot or something. Take your pick on what it is. We don't know who we are. We've been traumatized. We're in that stress state. And I'd even say we got cancer because there's parts of the body that's there attacking itself. And that's, the war on technique and philosophy and chiropractic. So it's like, well, of course people don't fucking know what we do. Of course people are making TikToks and literally just laughing at this, literally making a joke of uh, the adjustment, which is something that's so fucking powerful and just an extension of what we do. But it's like, I've, there's legends that are like, yo, put your soul into that. And people are like, <laughs> yeah. boom, like just throwing like a head across. And I'm just like, Y'all ain't shit. So, you know, when we talk about the people who were creating chiropractic hospitals in 1918, and then we have us in 2023, there's really only one, maybe two generations of chiropractors in between what we would call, well, even though like, you know, okay, so Fred Barge actually was fun little tidbit uh my mom's like childhood best friend's dad 
So my mom oh, played at Fred Vardis' oh, house. That's so cool. Yeah. Um, that's so cool. <laughs> it still took me until I was 26 to find real chiropractic. You know, so like, um, so we obviously we had greats there, but like when we talk about the greats, there's this generation kind of in between. And do you feel like us as millennials are starting to now like stand up and poke holes and bring some like uncomfortable truths to the forefront? Oh man, that's a great question. Cause I think millennials are doing that at a macro level mm -hmm. and, you know, examining that, I think I, I want to say yes, because I mean, when I was in school, which is still weird to say, like when I was in school, when I was a student, uh, when did you graduate? Uh, 2021. Okay. Spring. I twitch, uh, learning from Dr. Tim Young, learning from Dr. Katina Manning, learning from Dr. Suki, learning from Dr. Brett, like all the KTC facilitators, of course, too. But then even beyond KTC as well, like hearing some of, you could say the generation just right above us. And like, like once more with what Dr. Tom said to us, he's like, you know, I'm sorry. I think what we're really good at is we're the bridge generation. And I talked about like, we're the transitional generation. We're the generation. We are or where they are? We are. Okay. Because there was a time where internet didn't exist mm -hmm. and then poof, then it started existing where cell phones didn't exist. And now cell phones exist where, you know, we, we were able to play with the lights or play till street lights came on, like playing manhunt or being out in nature or whatever. Ghost in the graveyard. <laughs> so good. So I, and I say this to say, I think that we see the transition and we know what to do with it versus the generation just right above us. They don't understand perhaps, perhaps social media and what we can do with it. I would say like, what if BJ had social media, he'd be oh. killing the game. Like, mm -hmm. yo, he was the first one with a radio station west of the Mississippi. Like he would be crushing shit. I also think that he would be holding people accountable. And I think that's what millennials are starting to do is we're starting to ask questions that are bringing a sense of accountability and like, hey, like I, I've said it in school, it's like, Yo, fuck a technique war. If you have a problem with something that I'm doing with chiropractic in my expression, come ask me questions. If not, you're a bitch, straight up. If you're going to run your mouth about something or something and you don't talk to me as a man, as a leader in the profession, as a human being, you got to figure out things. But a lot of people are good at being keyboard warriors. But once more, I think what millennials can do is we bring good questions to challenge the status quo and challenge what people have known in chiropractic, out of chiropractic, with health, like with, I don't think it's a, it's a whole other tangent, like, but like when I found out that there's a thing called a Cairo baby that's never had a pharmaceutical drug and never been poked by a vaccine or injection of any sort, I'm like, that, that blew my mind. Cause I was like, oh shit, if that's true and they're walking around frolicking you know, healthy and things. Well, what else is possible? So I think that it, there's this almost like this responsibility of truth. And there's so much information out there, doc, like, as you know, like there's so like Joe Dispenza, like we were saying earlier, people can heal from stage four metastasized cancer. Like, and if that's possible, what else is possible? Like, and do you, it's like, y'all see that on the table. Oh, you didn't know that that was on the table. Well, look at it. 
Like that's on the table. Like that's the possibility. People have done that time and time again. So what do you want to do about that? That's not possible because then people shut down. But I think as millennials, we'd be like, no, 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 let's stay open. Let's ask, let's talk about this. Mm-hmm. I think um, one of the things that I really struggle with is I am a people pleaser, um, <laughs> period. Uh, that's a struggle in itself. I'm working through therapy with it. Uh, the second thing. Love that for you. <laughs> right. Thank you. But it this makes me, so this topic kind of keeps coming up in you know, I had um, Tom Waller on and like, we're talking oh. about it. Oh, he's great. Oh, oh so great. Love that man. Love and that. so like these conversations kind of keep coming up where I start to get a little squirmy because I feel bad for any chiropractor listening who maybe should have gone to physical therapy school instead, but like, I don't want to throw shame and I don't want to throw judgment. And because we're sure. in this era of like acceptance and like, Pointing fingers isn't going to heal chiropractic of saying you're doing it wrong. And so I don't know, really, like, I feel like I can't even see, like, I don't need to see a mile down the path of how this gets fixed. But I feel right now the combination of me worrying about offending anybody, but also going like, is that going to solve it? Is like being like, you're not doing it right. Is that actually going to solve it too? Like, I don't even feel like I can see three feet down the path. I feel like I'm just like, inching forward with every conversation that I have with people on the podcast, just being like, how does this get fixed? Because we've got schools that can't agree. Like if the schools can't agree on what they're teaching, on what they're accepting in, I don't know how, I don't know how to move forward. This is, oh, this is so, this is such a good conversation. Uh, This is like a dream conversation of like, you know, the last like several years, like, I'm just like, man, like, I wish, wish we could talk about this. Cause I think talking about it, it's going to be a big thing. Cause I think that there's, uh, I'm not picking on your verbiage, but I don't think that there's okay. anything to like, how do we fix this? I'm like, how do we heal this? Mm. How do we move through this? I think acknowledgement is important and the ability to observe or hold space, which is just the ability to observe without judgment, but call shit out in truth too. Cause if people are PTing, well, Hey, let's call a spade a spade. Call a goldfish a goldfish. Be like, and it's not even a matter of like, yo, that's not chiropractic, but it's like, that's PT. I was like, because you can look through things with a chiropractic lens, but it's like, go to the nervous system and shift the root cause. And if you're not willing and open to acknowledge the roots of what things were, like, you know, the work Dr. Hadi Havoc is doing or the IFCO is doing with research and what a subluxation actually is, and you're stuck upon what it used to be called, which is like a Subluxation is a condition of a vertebra that lost its just position with the one above or the one below or both to an extent less than a luxation that impinges nerves and interferes with the transmission of mental impulse versus Dr. Heidi Havoc's like research that's come out the last like decade on neuroscience where a subluxation can impact and it's an expression of the brain's lost the motor control function, which impacts the visceral, which impacts the histological component, which impacts the kinesthetic component, which impacts all the different things. Like if you're not willing to acknowledge that, one question that uh, Dr. Ankur Tayal, one of my mentors in the fraternity asks too, he's like, well, what evidence are you willing to accept? People are like, evidence-based, evidence-based, evidence-based. And he tells a story, he went to CMCC and then she was like, you're not from here, are you? He's like, no, I'm from Life West. She's like, oh, we're evidence-based here. And he was like, 
you want to fucking fight? Like, <laughs> like, do you want to fucking fight? Like, because once more, that's why the philosophy is important because truth is just truth. Whether you accept it or not, it just is. But I think being able to move through this and being able to have conversations because so many of these people are once more spiritualists or vitalists and then reductionists, mechanists, PT folk, whatever. I don't care what your lens is, but bring let's bring to the table let's have another great debate let's bring this shit to the forefront let's involve the leaders of the school that's it because there's it's such a complex landscape but i think what we can all ground in is truth but discussion needs to happen and i think discussion in front of students i think discussion with professors i think discussion with the presidents of schools i think we all need to come together to have a conversation together versus like having a conversation at the ica having a conversation at the aca having a conversation at focus okc like there's all these separate pockets that are going on i'm just like well, how do we bring everybody together? And for me, it's about efficiency. And for me, it's like, now is the time. We gotta have a conversation right now because the world is gonna keep spiraling. And it's like, you know, when you examine, like Bruce Lipton talked about, uh, and he's talked at Life West, but, or Life View, excuse me. He talked about w- when COVID was really like rampant and things too. He mentioned like the body allocates systems. If it's in a stress state, it's perceiving something outside of itself maybe definitely kill it like that's how the biology even got created in the first place of that because it's like oh saber tooth tiger we need to allocate some super resources so that way we don't get eaten but he references like if there is this pathogen that's inside us the body will forego the threat of that because if we get eaten it doesn't matter and then if also you're in a stress state it can compromise our immune system function up to 50 percent and once more, if we can exit out of that stress state into a relaxed state, then we can have conversations. And what's like the power of that? The world needs to know that because brain, body connection, all the things, but that's psychoneuroimmunology or psychoneurobiology. Dr. Caroline Leaf talking that shit. But I think in order to shift this, we just need to have more conversations together without trying to like disrespect each other, without being like, well, this is what chiropractic needs to be. Like, but no, but let's talk about truth. Let's talk about principles. Because once more, you think philosophy is separate than science. Mm-mm. And then and on both ends, that's why it's like pull people together and have conversations such as this. But it's also a matter of leading. And I think without like, you're good, you're bad, you're not a chiropractor. And that doesn't need to come with, for me, like a bad tone because that's also important for me because people will get triggered with guilt, with shame and different things. But I'm just like, bruh, nonviolent communication, express your needs, have a principal conversation and calm your ass down. Like if you get triggered, cool, have a breath, go take a walk and come back. But if you're, you can't be a big boy or a big girl and put your big panties on or, you know, whatever, or big, put your big boy pants on and have a seat as leaders at the table together well, then you're just a child anyways. So just go do, and I want to be like, go do what you want to do anyways, because you, you're you not a, an adult to have a conversation and we don't need any kids here. We need leaders. Well, okay. So I have two things. One, so kind of the first step is we need to start with healing the healers. Like that's absolutely mm-hmm. so like, but I have a comment. I want to come back to that. But I think the issue, one of the issues, I mean, is that a lot of, Uh, not all, but a lot of people who will make time to sit at the table are there because 
they mm -hmm. seek power. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like not everybody, not everybody, but a lot mm -hmm. of people are like, listen, I got a good thing happening in my practice and my family and in Costa Rica. I, you know, and then there's people who are like, I stand for something philosophically. I need to be at the table, but there's a lot of presidents who are of organization. And I don't have anybody in specifically at all that I'm sure. thinking of, but like, there's a lot of male and females who are in positions of power because that's what they wanted. Their personality seeks power. And if you look at the grand scope of things, where is the real power? It's buddying up next to the medical community. And so it's like, uh, mm. how, like, we got to get better seats, but we're not going to do that as mm. long as we're competing with people that are in our profession that are there for the wrong reasons. But they may yeah. think it's the right reason. So I don't want to call it the wrong reasons. So healing the healer. How do we yep. start with that? Mm. First thing that comes to mind is uh, I, I, my mind's up. It's like, oh. uh, it comes to stillness. Like we got to, we got to slow things down, recognize. I think this was a good conversation at uh, KTC level one super camp this August. We're not on the same frontier, like battleground as medical doctors or those in power, the authority, quote unquote, mm -hmm. right? Because that's just a perception. We're actually, and that's why I love doing the work that I do, working with healthcare professionals and providers, is that they really need us. They really need help regulating their neurology. So if we, for, we got to shift our, our lens and our perception, we're not less than. Like there's nothing to power. Like I hear that and it's like, you're trying to power grab. They perceive if I have this seat, then I will have power. Well, baby, what if you're already powerful? Do you recognize it? What have you done to recognize it? That's where stillness comes in for me. So that way, when you slow down and we can actually reflect upon once more, legacy, history, where we've been, what we've been able to do, where we're at right now, um, and have the perception that we're already powerful, we're already valuable. We don't need to um, jump through any other hoops to then qualify us for then X. We don't need to go for these seats because we, are, we make our seats, we craft our thrones. And we sit upon them happily and wonderfully. Um, but it's a matter of time as well, too. Of course, every, all physical processes require time. But when it comes to healing the healer, the healer needs to recognize that they're already whole and clear what's in the way of that or causing the interference or the subluxation, the misperception that they are deficient. And I think then as we're able to clear those perceptions of deficiencies well now we'll enter a new game where then we can re-engage with each other with ourselves with the world with the medical community with whoever maybe with school leaders as well too but if we're once more we're starting there's this i think this perception that we're coming from this deficit i think that's what's shooting us in the foot to begin with um because then we'll look to just people please well i love that you picked you called out i've never like thought of this the gen X. They're the ones before millennials, right? Yeah. They went through the trauma of the Wilkes case and like that AMA stuff. So it's like, of course they have a chip on their shoulder and, right. you know, like, well, okay. You can't really blame them. They went through the Mercedes eighties and then having that completely pulled away of like, okay, you are valid. We'll pay you everything you want. Actually. Nope. We think you're a quack. Never mind. We're not paying you any. Like that's trauma. That's, that's definitely. Yeah. So stillness, having 
conversations, you know, it's, it makes me, my heart so happy and sad at the same time, because what you're talking about is like helping people who are seeking power, realizing that they're already innately powerful and they always have that. These are conversations that are happening in boardrooms. Like Mm. they're, you know, like the millennials, God bless us. We're great, by the way. We get a lot of shit. We're the best. <laughs> we are We're the, the best. best. We're the best. I don't care what anybody <laughs> says. I don't care about Gen Alpha, Zillennials, whoever's after us. I was like, y'all are cute. I love what y'all do. You're going to do amazing things. We're the bridge, though, baby. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Because and it's only because on the fuck, like think about like on the, on a on a bridge. I never talked about this analogy. Bear with me. But it's like on a bridge, I picture, I picture like the Chesapeake Bay Bridge. I don't know if you've ever been out to Virginia, but it's this like 16, 18 mile bridge that's like, uh, it's on the ocean and it goes into the, like into the water. So that way ships can pass over it. So you're like, you're in a tunnel and then you pop out. It's, it's nuts. I used to drive, I used to vacation, go from Connecticut to the Outer Banks with my family growing up. But bridges, they just allow for so much perception to be had. Because like out on the bay, I would always be kind, I would always be kind of scared though, key. But you could look out and you just see so much ocean. But then you can look to the right and it's like, wow, there's land. There's so much here, and it's empowering because bridges they connect to things. Or I've been like to the bay. I've been to San Fran, uh, the 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 Francisco uh, San Francisco uh, Bay Bridge. Mm-hmm. It's so it's iconic. It's literally a wonder of the world or wonder of the United States to be able to take in and be able to appreciate that or the Great Wall of China or anything that bridges or connects two things, two frontiers, two ways of being. So us being in the middle, somewhere in the middle, we can appreciate where Gen Z or Gen X had been and then, yeah, Gen X. And then we can also see, all right, now then on the other side there's so much information they need to sift and and navigate through like i was um like there's this uh i forget his name but his name's uh mike uh, metabolically mike and he took a, a meme of like a kid bent over like in this croissant position and it was like the detriment of phones and social media and the responsibility of what comes with with one of these like there's there's adults that don't know how to navigate this or can fall into the trap of this and me too like because once more like if you have a dysregulated nervous system you just start scrolling you get all the dopamine hits but i'm saying this to say we can bridge and we have an awareness of the stimulus of navigating the interwebs but then also seeing like oh you needed to have a chip on your shoulder because we almost got eradicated and we didn't but then we didn't have the stillness to actually help that heal we didn't have the principal conversations and the spaces to have that heal we didn't like come together and why before that there was these all these different associations that were trying to once more try to grab power no we need to do it like this no we need to do it like this so if you look at chiropractic we don't have like one leader we don't have a group of leaders that we're all like hey those are the those are the leaders of the profession and that in which the schools respond to and it and it's not that it needs to be a hierarchy I think that it, it can be communal but it's like you know who's our chiefs or who's who are they like is it um like uh, Dr. Tapper you know those who are actually standing up and like in the face of COVID and sharing it is what that we do is it, it is it the president so no they're kind of responding to I think each president I'm not talking shit but it's just like each president they have an agenda and they have a board that they have to listen yes, to yes bureaucracy period. 
They've got it's, funding. It, they've got alumni. They've got right. Alumni. So it's like, okay, well, who is it out? Is it the Tim Youngs that are out here just serving, serving, serving? And then they get a weekend or two where they can do a seminar, or they can go to the schools and they can teach. I'm like, well, I think it's important to, you know, what's a what's a leader that we got to examine? Because just because something like if you're to look at health, like who are the leaders in health? Medical doctors. Blah, blah, blah. But medical doctors, actually, there's a lot less trust in them. I'll just say as a whole after COVID. And also medical doctors have the highest rate for suicide out of any profession. Oh, my God. Highest rate, even more than veterans. I had no idea something isn't working and why that's a whole nother conversation of moral injury of burnout of exhaustion of um getting beat to shit like and pledged from high school all the way till when they're a doc and things too so it's like all right well if the perceived leader or the cultural authority isn't healthy well who do we look to for health those that deal with life with wellness with health but if we're not healthy and if we don't know who we are, well, then we can't, we're not ready to step up to that as a unit for now. But I think with stillness, I think with conversation, I think with spaces, that's a damn good start, whether they be podcasts, but it's like in a perfect world, we could just have like one, like one weekend where all the students, all the professors, like what if they just took that shit off and we all came together to just have a conversation, have a debate, but do it from a good space. And made it a priority because a lot of chiropractors, as you know, they just go off into their own islands after they graduate and they don't ever come back and connect. I've seen this a part of the American Black Chiropractic Association, Kairos Training Culture, um, World Congress of Chiropractic Students, um, Delta Sigma Chi. Like I've seen it in so many organizations at an international level. So I humbly say with an international lens, it's a phenomenon, but there's probably like 100 to 110 chiropractors in the 10,000 chiropractors in the world. That's not a lot at all. There's like 70 to 80,000 licensed in the United States. That's definitely not a lot at all. And why am I saying this? I'm saying this to say, compared to the 4 million nurses there are roughly in the United States, I think about a million medical doctors, like that's once more, that's the perceived authority, but it's like, we still need to, how to heal the healers or how to, that's why I said how to provide for the providers because the providers aren't providing for themselves. So there's a stillness, space, conversations. And then I think also just being able to allow and to let go, mm. because if we're attached to what was, we're not going to be able to experience what can be. I was at dinner with um, Dr. Mo. Andrews and her wife, Tamara. And um, my husband was there too. He'll be listening. He'll be like, Hey, I was there too. Um, And Mo, we were talking about Gen Z and just being like, you know, all right. What, you know, like every generation does, like, I'm sure Gen X was looking at millennials, like, what are we going to do with them? Exactly. Like what, (laughs) you know, so Gen Z, we love you. There's nothing wrong with you. You're going to look at the whatever generation alpha generation. I mean, come on with that name. We're, they're going to get a lot of shame and judgment from us, but anyways, not the point. So she's talking about how, like what she sees is these 20 year olds, early twenties, you know, and they want to just really focus on doing the work, like, but they haven't lived a lot of life. And so I want to know if you agree, because I kind of have formulated this opinion on this. And I want to know if you agree or disagree. Oh, like, I feel like 
you're talking about like, find what you really want and you know, this, can that happen in your twenties? Because I see like so much emphasis on like, I want this. And it's like, you don't know who the hell you are yet. Like mm-hmm. go just be an associate and experience and be a sponge. And like, mm. but you're they're like trying to rush wisdom. Mm. They're trying to like mm. hyper process trauma, but like, there's this, this part of the healing. What do we know? I don't know what principle it is, but healing takes time. Thank you. I went to Northwestern. <laughs> and that's interesting. This is and, interesting. and I, there's like, they're just trying to be like, ah, oh, I just want to be 24 and I have it all figured out and I've healed all my trauma. And it's like, whoa, you're just, hi, little bird. It's okay. Like there's just a nature of time that needs to happen where it's like, it's okay if you don't. And so like, how, what's your advice on like avoiding mm. burnout? But like at a certain point, sometimes you got to discover burnout to be like, oh, not mm. that. Mm. I'm just taking some notes. This is some good shit. Because uh, I think this is a generational thing. So it's like, let's talk about this. Uh, have you seen the movie uh, Dune? Yeah. Oh, man. Like the middle of the movie. I'm not spoiling shit. Like it's a quote. But It's been it's, out it's, for a few years. You can spoil. <laughs> you can spoil. One of my favorite quotes from that movie uh, was, life isn't something to be figured out. It's an experience to be lived. Mm. And The dash. Ooh, and it's and it, I think it's important, like, because I think it's it's just I don't know how to say this. It's almost like a flex, or it's glorified now to like quote unquote hyper process your trauma or mm. talk about it. And it's one thing to be aware of it; it's one thing to do something about it. Uh, I think a very big element of humility and patience needs to occur, because I'm not going to speak for like a generation. I'll just say from what I observed as a society. Now there is instantaneous gratification and you can say, oh, I processed all my trauma. How do you know? What are your markers? What are your biological markers? Do you understand what a trigger actually is? Being able to ask deeper questions in oneself and reflect upon how are you showing up differently? Is there actually integration going on? You can go to whatever seminar, you can go to whatever workshop, you can read whatever book, but is there actually a behavior change? And I think you'll be able to witness a behavior change when there's elements of patience present, when there's elements of presence presence. And once more, humility, because people can say to like if they're younger it's like oh you're so grown up or you're so mature for your age and then it's like a joke oh yeah the trauma did it to me um i think that some people can experience big t's some people can experience little t's um when they're developing as well of course too but once more it just comes back to a regulated nervous system and being able to ask deeper questions and be able to enjoy masterfully the experience of life what's the rush there is no rush to get anywhere, have your own business, um, like do the damn thing. Like, but my main thing is like, are you enjoying this aspect of your life? Are you enjoying this chapter? I like to say this season of your life. I watch anime as well too. It's like, you know, if you were to name the arc, which is kind of like the season, if you were to name the arc of this season of your life, you know, what would you name it? Where are you at? How long have you been there? How long do you think you're going to be there? What are going to be the indicators where you're going to turn the page next? 
a lot of people were just trying, I think also just experience like a lot of life and get to experiencing, I don't know, a million dollar practice or um, have the kid or get married. And once more, if you like, did you create that marker of success for yourself? Did you create this for yourself? Has this been intentional? Are you living intentionally? Are your intentions shifting? Are you reflecting upon your intentions? So what I would advise or what I'd just reflect or just welcome people to take inventory of is, you know, what are you present to in your life right now? Is this what you want? And this is the life, is this the life that you've intended? And then beyond that, why did you intend this to begin with? Like, where did that initial seed come from? Why do you actually want this? Because if you look through things and you're like, oh, well, that's just what I was supposed to do or all, if it's coming from something outside of you, I imagine that's just not a sustainable life. And from sustainability, I'm just talking from like a deep richness because there's a lot of fruit to be enjoyed here. But if you didn't craft that for yourself and instead it was influenced, yeah, I guess it could be influenced. But, you know, if it was driven by societal standards, familial standards as well, too, or people that were once more outside of you, I just invite you to think about that and ask yourself and get present to is this what you really want in life? So good. You and I could we could talk for a while. Oh yeah, that's great. Um, we're gonna need to have a part two. All right, where can people get more of you? Oh, this is cool that I get to say this shit. DrJamalFruster.com. Got my own website and shit. Uh, just D-R-J-A-M-A-L-F-R-U-S-T-E-R.com. You can find the quarterly workshop that I do, providing for the providers. I do it here in Tucson, but I also have a Zoom link, which is lovely. I'm gonna be doing that. Uh, I'll probably say mid-November probably before Turkey Day, before Thanksgiving, before everyone gets triggered at Thanksgiving and for Christmas and the holidays around the family. Uh, so if you find this conversation be valuable, holler me there. Um, you can submit a contact form there. I got Soul Coffee, my link for my podcast there as well too. Dr. Lone will be on that eventually, which I'm hell excited for. Um, I have a practice here, or I'm an associate still uh, at the Source Tucson with Dr. Brett Jones, Dr. Evan Pigalore, Dr. Charity Lenhoff. Uh, Dr. Noah, Dr. Ellie, uh, Jeanette, Rage, like Patricia, like our whole squad over there, Scott. Um, so just check out that website. If shit looks fire to you, click around. Um, I'm always developing and learning. You can follow me on IG as well, too. Um, I have a YouTube like as well, but that's not really popping. But uh, you'll find me majority on Instagram and on that website. So awesome. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. This was good. This is good. This is good. You were, we were going to flow into some different things. And you mentioned uh, like philosophy, the state of our profession. And I was just like, did we oh. cover what you wanted to cover? Oh, yeah. I mean, I oh, think it was, it was very good. authentic. I mean, good. that conversation alone about the the status of the, what, what this was for me is like the status of the profession. Yeah. Like, you know, where are we, the state of the state, state of, of the, the union. We just held a state of the union for everybody. They didn't even know it. Right, right. We made some, we made some, like I'm looking, like we made some offerings of like, you know, how, for me, it's like a game. Like I will speak at Life University at assembly where there's 1300 students eventually. And for me, that looks to just be like one of the most potent opportunities. Cause I think, and one last point, what we can do to help heal the healers or help heal the profession is help the next generation. And not from like, I think you need to do this, but just getting really present to their needs, to their thoughts, to what they want to do, and then be able to bridge awareness into that. And also just show like, hey, we're just here to love on y'all. That's been one of the most potent things I think I've had the honor to do the last two years. 
just graduating, you know, still humbly finding my footing, like as a young chiropractor myself too. But man, just being able to be like, hey, this is all that I know, or here's the resources that I found. Here's the mentors, like just opening up doors so that way they can venture through it too. But if they don't know that these doors exist, well, my goal is to be able to like, like pull the curtain back or point them in in different directions. Like, hey, this this is just what worked for me. Mm-hmm. Like, what does that look like for you? And then tell me about the shit. Yeah, I love it. All right, Bye. thank you so much. All right, she slayers, uh, go check out drjamalfrewster.com. Listen to his podcast. I'm sure it is just fire like this episode. Um, And until next week, bye. Hey, She Slayers, are you looking to get your team off the phone and streamline your front desk so you can spend more time doing what you love? SCED has exactly what you're looking for. They will automate all your appointment reminders, missed appointment reminders, reactivation campaigns, allow you to have two-way texting with your patients. Plus, they have a very cool app that your patients are going to love. The app alone saves chiropractors tons of time because it gives patients the flexibility to move appointments to a time that works better for them. Don't worry, you won't lose control of your schedule because you'll have access to all the parameters that keep you still in control. Plus, there's overbook protection, so your schedule won't get out of hand. SCED was created by a chiropractor for chiropractors, so you can rest assured that you're getting the absolute best system for your office. Dr. Eric Kowalki is committed to the chiropractic mission and he works closely with his developers to always be innovative so that we have the best system available. If you're hesitant to switch to SCAD because you already use something else, let me tell you, it's worth every penny. Plus, mention that you heard about it on my podcast and they'll give you a discount. Seriously, it is a game changer. Don't wait. Don't wait.